You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Wednesday, April the 13th of 2022. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day each and every day. For watching on YouTube, YouTube was down for majority of the majority of the day yesterday. So didn't get one out on YouTube yesterday, but it was recorded, posted, ready to go. But YouTube was down, wasn't really letting us switch accounts and editing things, so wasn't able to get that posted. But we still had one on your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to go check out that preview yesterday if you missed it. Because if you didn't miss it, I talked about Albert Pujols a little bit. You know, he would be in the lineup against Daniel Lynch, the lefty. And I don't exactly remember, and I did not specifically call his home run saying he was going to hit one out. Albert Pujols did, but I did not uh, specifically call that. But I did say that I think he's going to have success against Mr. Lynch, and Albert Pujols did just that. On today's show, we're talking about the offense that has just been off to a blitz of a start. A fiery start, a hot start, however you want to phrase it, word it. It, it. You could not ask for much of a better start than what the Cardinals have given you here to start 2022. Yesterday was also intriguing because you got to see the season's de- season debuts excuse me, of both Jordan Hicks and Dakota Hudson. Some good things, some not so good things, but overall a win for them. So we'll talk about that coming up here in just a segment number two as well as talking about how the Cardinals need to handle these unplanned off days. The Cardinals are rained out once again today on on this Wednesday, and they will be heading off to Milwaukee to face the Brew Crew in the first divisional matchup with the Brewers this season. Second NL Central opponent the Cardinals will face overall. But we're starting with the big story. The machine, in a way, has officially returned. He has announced his presence with authority, to quote uh, Bull Durham. Great movie. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see 2011 World Series Championship hat is on. A little bit of nostalgia, but now it's not just nostalgia on the field. Now Pujols has produced. He had a three-hit day yesterday, three for four, two singles, and that dramatic, wonderful, fantastic home run. Maybe not necessarily the bombs of old. You know, It wasn't a 500-foot blast or anything of that nature, but it was a majestic shot to left field. And a wonderful call by Danny Mack on the TV side as I was watching. And also a wonderful call by John Rooney on KMOX radio side as I went back and listened to that as well because I love listening to radio calls of baseball. But that's what we've been waiting for. Ever since it was announced that Albert was coming back to St. Louis, that the machine was coming back, he was going to wear Cardinal Run again, we've been waiting for that moment, that home run. It would have been wonderful to see it on opening day, but it's a good thing that we're not having to wait too long because there are a lot of doubters out there about the Pujols move. A lot of skeptics about, is this the right move? Don't like it, hate it. A lot of negative sides, negative opinions out there. And I understand the hesitancy to a degree. I honest to God do. I really do. But Albert has given us at least one game of positivity. It's a long season. He's going to have stretches where he struggles. He's going to have stretches where he does what he did yesterday and go three for four. This is a Hall of Fame player for a reason. Somebody who put up really good numbers as recently as last year with the Dodgers against left-handed pitching. So he has the capability to do it. It's not like he hasn't produced anything in five, six, seven, eight years. So I am glad that we're not having to wait too long for Albert to hit the home run. Glad that it, it happened. It's 
you know, to a, to an extent out of the way. Um, but I think the Cardinals, either Twitter or Instagram, uh, social team put out that statement. Um, and we're no longer relying on nostalgia alone. We now have the moment. Albert Pujols has his moment in his return season. His first home run in Bush Stadium during the regular season since September of 2011. First home run period, because even his home runs in the World Series in 2011, all three came at Texas. He had a double um, in Game 6 as well, but it was a glorious sight. And again, I talked about this a little bit on opening day. You know, it was something to see Albert return, and you got to see him in the spring training uniform. You got to see him in the Cardinal Red, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to see him in what is, my opinion, one of the best home uniforms in all of baseball, the clean white Cardinal, clean white with, with the Cardinals, uh, two birds in the bat logo, to see him in that home ring again, it's glorious. He had high socks on, which he didn't really wear a lot when he was playing with the Cardinals. Uh, but it was still just a sight to see. Let me know your thoughts. Comment on the YouTube section below. YouTube comment section below. DM me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. I want to know your thoughts because I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I got a little tear. My, my eyes got a little tears in them. I got a little emotional. How can you? I tweeted this out. How could you not be romantic about baseball in that moment? How could you? How could you not be? After 10 years, Danny Mack made this call in 2019 when he hit a home run with the Angels in his return to Bush Stadium. Give us 10 years of memories from 2001 to 2011. He's just given us one more, as Danny Mack said, against whenever Albert hit the home run in 2019. He's given us another, or he gave us another yesterday, April 12th, 2022. What more can you ask for from the machine? Putting out results like the machine. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your your instant reaction to Albert's home run. But he wasn't the only Cardinal hitting balls out of the yard. Wasn't the only player in general. As the ball was flying out of Bush yesterday. But before, right before Albert's home run, people still settling into their seats. People still kind of celebrating the fact that Nolan Arenado had a home run in yesterday's game. So I, I tweeted this out. Like I said, Nolan Arenado and Albert Pujols have hit home runs in the same game. They went back to back as well. They're playing for the same team, and that team is the St. Louis Cardinals. How can you not be romantic about baseball? And all in all, let's do a Cardinal win. Uh, Cardinal scoring six runs on ten hits, three of those hits leaving the ball yard. As I mentioned, as Arnado and Pujols went back to back in the first, and then Andrew Kisner followed up with a three-run blast down the left field line in the fourth inning. That's how the Cardinals scored all six of their runs coming via the long ball, and it ended up being just enough. But this offense, it wasn't just a long ball yesterday. When you go to Baseball Savant and you take a look at the box score, I like looking at, at, at hard-hit baseballs. Baseballs hit 95 miles an hour and plus. Because when you look at the top exit velocities of the game yesterday, five out of the six are Cardinals. Nolan hit one 109 miles an hour. Edmund hit one 107.8. Goldschmidt hit one 105.4. And O'Neill hit one 104 miles per hour. But the Cardinals had a lot of fire next to the names for hard-hit baseballs. Goldschmidt was 0 for 4 with two strikeouts, but he had two extremely hard-hit baseballs. O'Neill, 1 for 4. That one, he had a hard-hit baseball as well. Arnado, 2. Pujols and Edmund both had, both had 3. Edmund is something else on the right side of that plate. Bader, DeYoung, and Kisner, all with fire emojis next to their names on the baseball savant score, uh, box score because they hit the ball hard. That is what the Cardinal offense 
can do. This is a, a team that can hit the ball extremely hard on a consistent basis. When you hit the ball hard, good things happen. Yes, you, you had some not-so-great performances yesterday. Goldschmidt, as I mentioned, went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Not worried about Goldschmidt. Even DeYoung went 1 for 3. He had a walk, but he also struck out twice. So you take the good with the bad. DeYoung did hit a double in yesterday's game, so that's a plus. But this offense, like I said in the open, you couldn't have asked for much of a better start from the Cardinal offense here in 2022. They're off to a glorious start. And I get it. It's five games. With the win yesterday, or four games even. The Cardinals have had two rainouts now. They're three and one. So four games. I get it. There is 158 games left. Quick math there. A lot of season left to be played, but what we've seen early is very promising. I'll talk a little bit about this in segment three because the real competition starts this weekend. Cardinals have played the Pirates and Royals in their first four games. Not exactly a gauntlet of teams per se. But you still have to, you know, as a playoff hopeful team, you have to beat the non-playoff teams handedly like the Cardinals are doing offensively speaking. Yes, they only won by one run yesterday, but still the offense came through, stepped up, and provided the runs that they needed to provide. Plain and simple, don't overcomplicate it. Offense won the game yesterday, period. It was a pretty good win for the Cardinal offense, and all in all, an overall good day for the pitching staff as well, for the most part. It was very intriguing to see what Dakota Hudson and what Jordan Hicks were going to bring to the table. I imagine yesterday, if they got through six total innings, that would be the minimum amount for, for a win, for, you know, for a moral win for those two guys. They got through six innings. Talking a little bit more about Dakota Hudson and Jordan Hicks in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about the best tasting protein bar on the market, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar are incredible tasting protein bars because they are high protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb protein bars that taste like a candy bar. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They taste better than a candy bar, so replace your candy bars with these Built Bars because candy bars usually have 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, and no protein. And if I'm being honest, Built Bars just taste better. You have tons of flavors to choose from, from mint brownie, double chocolate, coconut. They have limited time flavors often as well. So check out built.com often to see those limited time flavors and offers. You can also try Built Puffs, which is the first ever protein infused marshmallow. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So go to built.com right now if I haven't enticed you enough. You can also use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off at built.com. I can see the season debut of two different Cardinal hurlers yesterday in Dakota Hudson and Jordan Hicks. And in total, they were able to pitch a quality start. I don't like the, I'm not a huge fan of the quality start stat, but it ranged true because in total, combined, six innings, five hits, three runs, all of them earned, all of them charged to Dakota Hudson. One walk, that was to Hicks. Six total strikeouts, four for Hudson and two for Hicks. Two home runs given up both by Dakota Hudson. This is a little bit of a hybrid 
combo start is what it ended up being. Dakota Hudson went the first four innings, five hits, three earned, the four strikeouts, two home runs. And then Jordan Hicks went two innings, just threw 27 pitches, um, one walk and two strikeouts. I'll be honest, Hicks looked pretty good. And again, I talked about it yesterday. I already mentioned it today. They were able to go the six innings that they needed to go. It's what you expected out of of these two. You needed them to go six innings to feel good about the rest of the way. To feel good about their development. And yeah, Dakota Hudson struggled a little bit early. Gave up, you know, the the home run to Salvador Perez in the second inning, as well as Michael A. Taylor, the two-run shot. So the three runs doing the damage in that top of the second. Salvador Perez just has a beautiful home run swing. Probably up there as one of the top catchers in the game today. Especially offensively speaking. Probably go him and Grandall, 1A, 1B. But nevertheless, Dakota Hudson, I talked about it. The key was going to be to keep the ball on the ground. And in that second inning, he did not keep the ball on the ground as the Royals were able to elevate um, against Mr. Hudson. But overall, Dakota Hudson got five ground balls and two fly balls, uh, two ground outs, excuse me, two five ground outs and two ground outs. Uh, more, more than that on the ground. Uh, but outs on the ground were recorded by Dakota Hudson. 70 pitches. Uh, for, for Dakota Hudson, so you, you feel pretty good about the able the, his ability to to build off of that going forward, but he has to do a better job of keeping the ball on the ground, especially as a primarily sinker baller pitcher. If he's got to keep the ball on the ground to find success, plain and simple, just absolutely has to. No if and or buts about it. There were some good things, like I mentioned, he K'd four, uh, didn't give up a ton of hard contact. Um, there. According to Baseball Savant, he did give up four hard-hit baseballs in his outing. Jordan Hicks didn't give up a single hard-hit baseball in his outing, according to Baseball Savant. Uh, but Dakota Hudson, this is a start to build off of for him. You can easily see him being able to build off of this and find success after this start. You really can. I think Hudson has the ability to be a pretty solid starter at the Major League level. Took a good step today after only pitching eight innings last year. You feel pretty good about Hicks' ability to, to or not Hicks, excuse me, I'll talk about Hicks in a minute. You feel pretty good about Hudson's ability to come back next start in five, six, seven, eight days, depending on all of these rainouts. Won't have any this weekend as the Cardinals are going to Milwaukee. Uh, American Family Field, I think is what it's called now. Got a roof there, so we'll play all four games this weekend. But you feel good about in five days, whenever Hudson makes his next start, that he's going to be able to do it well. That he's going to be able to produce, perform, and, and get the outs that he needs to get. So overall, I was I, I was impressed. Maybe isn't the great the best word for it, but I was happy with what Dakota Hudson did um, in 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 the start yesterday. Something to build off of. Something to build off of as well was Jordan Hicks's start. I was really um, pleased and happy with what Jordan Hicks was able to do in his couple innings of work. And I was interested to see, I talked about it yesterday, what pitch he was going to throw in to, um, to keep the hitters off balance. And when you look at his pitch breakdown on Baseball Savant, of his 27 pitches, you had 26 of them still be the sinker slider. He threw 16 sinkers, got nine swings, uh, four called strikes on there. He threw 10 sliders, three swings, two, two, two swings and misses. And he did throw one cutter. So that cutter... Maybe is that secret pitch that he's been working on. Maybe not necessarily, you know, the the bite of a slider, 
Now, a slider usually kind of, if you're looking on YouTube, kind of goes, um, it's a little more of a, of a spinning action, a little slower. You can see a little bit more of a hump in the slider. Cutter usually just kind of goes down, goes towards the right-handed hitters, and then darts away just at the very last second. But when you look at his velocity, we knew that he was going to sit down. His minimum velocity was 95.9. His max was 99.2 for an average of 97.3. You know, his, his yearly average before that was 99.2 on his on that sinker. Those are those the minimum and maximum for, for that sinker specifically, as well as the average. The slider was sitting between 79.7 and 86.7. His, his average yesterday was 83.6. His yearly average, 84.2. So all pitches were down when you look at the average velocity. That's not a bad thing. You don't want a starter going out there and pumping 101, 102, 103 consistently. We see what that does to an arm like Jacob deGrom's. So we knew he was going to cut back on the velocity. But at the end of the day, he was able to get through two innings without allowing a hit. He did walk one and he struck out two. He was credited with the win. First win since 2018 or 19. I believe John Denton tweeted that out. So I'll have to give that a look. But overall... Yes, it was only two innings. Yes, it was only 27 pitches. But at the end of the day, a successful outing for Jordan Hicks. Really for, for, for both Hicks and Hudson, as I talked about. You can be happy with, with, with both of what the right-handers gave you uh, in yesterday's game. Uh, first win for Jordan Hicks yesterday um, since May 31st of 2019 against the Cubs. His sixth career win. Um, as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm happy with what the starters gave the Cardinals yesterday. I say It's kind of weird to say starters, plural, but I am happy with what Hudson and Hicks gave St. Louis yesterday. Bullpen was a little shaky. Wickgren uh, credited with the hole, but he did give up an earned run on two hits in an inning of work. Hennessy uh, Cabrera did give up another home run to Salvador Perez in his inning of work. So the middle of the bullpen, a little shaky, just a touch, but nothing, in my opinion, to be too concerned about because pitchers will give up runs, period. But then Giovanni Gallegos slamming the door in the bottom of the, or excuse me, the top of the ninth. I mean, I think he's one of the most underrated pitchers in all of baseball. Underrated relievers, I'll say that. First save of the season, he's one for one. That was the first save opportunity for the St. Louis Cardinals. One inning. Zeroes the rest of the way. Just you have so much confidence when Gallegos is coming in there in the bottom of or in that ninth inning, in the last inning. Through eleven pitches, seven of them for strikes. You just you, you have to have confidence when he's going in there. Four seam fastball was ninety three to ninety four, give or take, down on average, but that's still not a terrible thing. Slider got two swings and misses on it. He looked good yesterday. Back end of the bullpen should be an exciting one for the St. Louis Cardinals, in my humble opinion. Giovanni Gallegos is solid back there. So overall, from the game yesterday, offense, success, pitching, as close to a success as you can get. I'll put it that way. But overall, the Cardinals do get credited with a series win. Technically, as they take one of one against the Kansas City Royals. Again, their game today has been rained out. Uh, makeup date will be in May. Um, the official date on that makeup date is May 2nd. 315 first pitch. Excuse me. May 2nd is that makeup date. 
overall, can't be too upset with a 3-1 and start for the St. Louis Cardinals. Now they're off to Milwaukee. I'll have a full preview out tomorrow uh, for that series, but I do want to talk a little bit about how the Cardinals can handle these off days as well as what this weekend series means for the St. Louis Cardinals because it's, it's, it's their first real test, in my opinion. It's their first real test of the season. So if you're listening on your podcasting platforms, your favorite one, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Megaphone, whatever it is, uh, take a quick beat. We'll be right back uh, with, with more Locked on Cardinals. And if you're watching on YouTube, wait just a second. Big series coming up this weekend against Milwaukee. Uh, it, it's the first test. I already said it. It's the first real test the Cardinals have had this season. No disrespect to Pittsburgh. No disrespect to um, to Kansas City. But Brewers are division hopefuls. Playing it, I mean, so you have to treat that with some amount of, not fear, but respect, Right? Cardinals will be facing the Brewers at 4-14 tomorrow, which I think is an odd time to start a game. But with these extra off days, it'll be interesting to see how the Cardinals shift their rotation, who's going to start, who's going to not. It is nice that the Cardinals' bullpen is going to be well, well rested. But for example, the Cardinals on MLB.com have Miles Michaelis starting tomorrow, which he likely, which which he will not. You're going to see Wainwright and Molina start tomorrow. The Cardinals will face, again, according to MLB.com, they'll face Brandon Woodruff tomorrow. His ERA sits at a cool, crisp 17.8, which I don't even, (laughs) he just had a bad start. It it was one start, but in that one start, he was only able to to go three and two-thirds of an inning, gave up seven earned runs. Uh, That was against the Chicago Cubs. Brewers overall right now sit at two and three, so not necessarily the best start for for the Brew Crew, but what we were—it'll be interesting to see what the Cardinals' offense is able to do against the the Brewer pitching for the weekend. Because according to John Denton, it's not all posted on MLB.com yet, but according to John Denton tweeting this picture out, it'll be Brandon Woodruff tomorrow, as I already said, Freddie Peralta, right-hander, on Friday, Adrian Hauser, right-hander, on Saturday, and then left-hander Eric Lauer on Sunday. That was tweeted out yesterday. Um, by John Dent to the Cardinals are missing out, darn, on Corbin Burns, but still a lofty rotation ahead for the St. Louis Cardinals. Got to handle the off days. The Cardinals are going to be well-rested. There, there, there's no question about that. They will be well-rested heading into this weekend series, and the Cardinals need to be well-rested. It's a division opponent. It's a division hopeful. In my opinion, these are the top two teams in the National League Central. I think it's going to be a really good series. Again, I'll break it down a little bit more in-depth tomorrow. Go pitching matchup by pitching matchup, and the Cardinals will likely have their starters set for the weekend by then. But you have to handle the off day as well. you got to, you got to still prepare. You can't just say, okay, off day, going to take a beat, going to rest, going to do nothing. No, that's not what an off day means. And again, these are professionals. I know what they're doing. It's time to, to step up and and answer the bell. Cardinals have done that with with flying colors, in my opinion, the first four games of the season. Taking care of business against Pittsburgh in three games, took care of business, especially offensively, yesterday against the Kansas City Royals. Time to take care of business against the Brewers. When you look at the rest of the schedule for the Cardinals this this month, just one off day for the rest of the month, that comes on Monday. Again, 
rain could change that, but a lot of road games. Cardinals have a four-game set at Milwaukee. That's going to be a big test. They're at the Marlins uh, next Wednesday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They're at the next divisional opponent will be the Reds next weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They come back home to face the Mets. Maybe Max Scherzer will make another homecoming, and then a three-game set to end the month um, against the Diamondbacks. That will become a four-game set as it will bleed into May first uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. But this is really, in my opinion, the the biggest test of the month is this four-game set. Mets are solid, don't get me wrong, but that NL East is awfully good. They're gonna have, they're gonna have a tough time coming out of that division. This is the biggest test this weekend of the month. All due respect to the rest of the major league teams. This, the, the, these are the four games, in my opinion, that the Cardinals need to have circled on the calendar this month. First, four, the, 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 These four are extremely, extremely important when you look at the, uh, when you look at the schedule. So we'll see what they do. So tune back in tomorrow to get a more uh, comprehensive breakdown and preview of the upcoming series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, talk about pitching matchups, what I'm looking for, as well as my prediction for the weekend set against the Brew Crew, who, are, again, are off to a little bit of a rocky start here to start 2022. Uh, but that'll do it for today's episode. Be sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel. We're getting close to 1,000, so keep on subscribing. Tell your friends and family to do so. Be sure to hit the bell to be notified when my shows go live. You can also subscribe on all podcasting platforms. Lockdown Cardinals is free anywhere and everywhere. You can find podcasts. Thanks for tuning in today and making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen of the day each and every day. Until I talk to you tomorrow to talk about the Brewers series, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.